are in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and Michael, we're mixing some previously recorded programs with new programs mm-hmm. here. This is kind of a mixture of both today we're going to hear. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to sort of pick from the best. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're reaching ahead, and we're talking to our favorite guests from the past, and we have new New interviews with them, and we're All, going to be speaking to Harold Best, who was yes, my favorite yes. my favorite people. Although, I was listening to one of our programs from years ago that's mm-hmm. been released, and you were kidding me about turning 50, mm-hmm. and I'm oh. no longer 50, Michael. Oh, if, I could, so. <laughs> oh, if, if only we could be 50 again. <laughs> well, today we're going to start out with an interview that you did overseas mm-hmm. uh, with an organization I'm very familiar with and love a great deal, uh, the Far East Broadcasting Company. Yes. You were in Korea. Yes, we were in Seoul, and uh, I'm doing... Uh, uh, concerts uh, for FEBC, and uh, we we had a chance to to be interviewed. And actually, the the guy who travels with me, Ron Davis, uh-huh. we were both in the studio being interviewed. So yeah. that was kind of a unique thing. So we're going to hear that interview yes. as it's translated. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, the interviewer didn't speak English, and you didn't speak Korean, mm-hmm. but it's translated so we can enjoy it here on the program. And then Harold Best, as you said, will join us. Yeah, Harold Best is he's just this remarkable thinker, and when he speaks, it's like he's I don't know. You're think he's thinking out loud. He thinks for you, and uh, he's very humble. And uh, you have to sort of prod him. And 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 uh, uh, he's not impressed with himself at all, which, <laughs> yeah, which makes him makes him even more you know attractive. We love Dr. Harold yes. Bess. We'll hear and talk with him on the program today. And then we're going back. We never really finished John chapter 18 mm-hmm. when we recorded this program years ago. Mm-hmm. So we're going to air that conversation that never got on the air before. Yeah, and look at the crucifixion of Jesus. That's coming up in the second half of the program today. But let's begin with the interview you did in Korea. The interviewer did a great job. Yeah, um, I, I unfortunately can't remember her name, but the person who's doing the translating is Pastor Kim, who's been a good friend for a long time. Yeah. and uh, Son of Billy Kim. Yes, and we we, uh, we tour together. Uh, I, I, lo- I get a chance to teach in his church. Uh, South Korea is a is a wonderful place, uh, wonderful culture. It is very very appreciative of all cultures. I, I love going to Korea. Yeah, let's listen to it. 그래서 그런지 음악을 막 심취해서 하신다기보다는. There's a certain theme uh, to your music, and uh, it's it's really refreshing to uh, hear your music. Your words are like 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 painting or a drawing that comes across, uh, and it's it's neat how you communicate that biblical story into today's. You know, language. Mm. Thank you. Well, I had a really good teacher. That's a big part of it. Okay. And he's the person who also, at the same time, got me into writing music. And he, he his name was William Lane. Okay. You heard me talk yes, a lot about yes, it. Yes. But he's, he's the reason for a lot of that. Okay. Okay. 음악인으로 활동을 하게 될수 있지 않았나라는 말씀을 하시네요. 네, 그렇군요. 참 좋은 선생님이 계셨구나. He could pinpoint maybe one idea or something that Bill Lane has taught you over the years. I think one of the most important ideas he he left with me um, was that you engage with the Bible mm-hmm. with your imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, your imagination brings all of your mind and all of your heart. That's what brings your heart and your mind together. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what he taught us to do and that's what I try to do in the songs. Maybe that's why she's saying like some of the scriptures that for her it was just a script, a text in the past, but some of those words came alive to her last night at the concert, she's saying. Well, I think that's because some people read the Bible with their brain and some people read the Bible with their heart, you know, so you engage intellectually or you engage emotionally. And I think that was the big piece that Bill gave me was that you know you use your imagination and you can bring those things together. 그두 가지를 이렇게 음악이 사실은 그걸 연결시킬 수 있는 다리 역할을 하잖아요. 네. 그래서 그런 부분을 역할을 해 주시는 것 같아요. 네. 
참 이렇게 마이클 카드 선생님께서 찬양 사역에 집중해 주실 수 있도록 보이지 않는 곳에서 애써주신 분이 또 계시다고 해서 오늘 모셨습니다. 마이클 카드 선생님의 소속사 대표님이시자 친구처럼 가족처럼 늘 곁에서 챙겨주신 그렇군요. U.S. got to do NRB, National Religious Broadcasters. Yes. And we did FBC Choir from Seoul. Yes. That, okay. was, that was kind of a connection to you guys. Right. Uh, 행사를 한 적도 있으시다고 합니다. 그렇군요. 네. 이렇게 마이클 카드 선생님은 바로 곁에서 함께 26년을 함께 하셨잖아요. 가족보다 더 가까우실 것 같고 어떠신가요? 이 마이클 카드 선생님에 대한 그 로운 ね、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれは、ちょっとそれ
또 슬픔이 아닐까 싶습니다. 그렇군요. 참 우리는 슬픔이 절망, 슬픔, 절망, 낙심이 오면 그냥 없애버려야지 어떻게든 해결해야지 잊어버려야지. She's saying, you know, most often we look at suffering or pain or those kind of things as how can I get rid of this as quickly as I can. Or what did I do wrong? Right, right. So thank you for your comment about that. 네. 저 궁금한 게요. 도부상을 세 번이나 수상하셨잖아요. My take is that you are a rather well-known musician and an author, and you travel around the world. And just just curious because if it were me, somebody like me, I think it would proud and have that sense of kind of pride get in my way, and I may. tremble and fall and things like that but so mm-hmm. is there a way you might kind of keep yourself humble before god that would be something that i'm curious about well in the first place popularity is relative yeah. um yeah, i think that's one thing that's mm-hmm. always been really clear to me yeah. um, um there's a story about the the donkey who was jesus rode into jerusalem for the last time yeah. and everyone was cheering and mm-hmm. The donkey thought it was all for him. You know, you've heard that story. I have not, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. He's thinking, "Well, I'm a big deal. Look at everybody's cheering for me." I think sometimes uh, Christian uh, preachers and singers, are, they're sort of like the donkey that Jesus uh-huh. is riding. They think all that that's adulation. Cool. I like that. I like that. And there's a there's a quote of Mother Teresa that I really like. She says that uh, God uh, teaches us humility by humiliating us. Mm. And um, after 35 years of doing this, I've seen a good deal of humiliation, and I. But that's a good thing, you know. That can be used, and you know, God uses that in a good way to tell us who we are. 아쉽지만 여기서 인사드리도록 하겠습니다. 오늘 함께해 주셔서 감사합니다. 감사합니다. 수고하셨습니다. 수고하셨습니다. Thank you, thank you, Mike, thank you, Ron. Mike being back in the studio again gives us the opportunity to check in with friends who have meant so much to us mm-hmm. through the years. We haven't been together uh, a lot the last few years, but now we get to re uh, reconnect with these friends yeah. again. And for, for many years, uh, one of the great encouragers of just not my, my life in general, but my thought life and my creative life uh, was Dr. Harold Best. I used to go to Wheaton and he would be there and he had always, always heard whatever the new record was. Yeah. And, was quick to point out, oh, that was Mendelssohn's favorite chord and that sort of thing. We miss him around Wheaton, yeah, actually. Yeah, we, we, we miss yeah. you, Dr. Best, so, so uh, welcome back. Well, thank you. It's good to be back this way. Yeah. A, a, a pleasure and a privilege. Mm. Well, catch us up with the, what's going on in your life these last few years, and we want to talk to you about creativity in this segment as well because you've, you've inspired a lot in, in Michael and many others uh, in that yeah. vein, so let's talk about it. Well, uh, when you say catch you up, do you want you don't want a chronology? For goodness' sake, I'm too old for that, and too many years have passed. But I, you know, I retired some time ago, moved to uh, the inland northwest uh, in Idaho, and uh, was have been somewhat productive, uh, even as I face my 87th birthday in, in about four months. No way! God, Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> God has been good. Uh, I've done some writing, uh, some speaking, and uh, my mind continues to sort of burst with Mm. thinking that that is as fresh, uh, at least as a daisy, and hopefully not as, you know, meddlesome as a dandelion. (laughs) But but at any rate, uh, things are going well. God is good. And I've been continually working on with him the, the 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 exercise of humbling myself before him so that he'll knock all of the junk out of my life that uh, now and then wants to poke in and say hey you're pretty good h best mm. uh, keep it up i mean uh, just the idea of of being hunkered down before the lord uh so that he can do a work that with his patience still at work uh he's been uh, you know exercising it for the last uh you know 80 years 80 plus years and i one of the things uh, one of the reasons why i think i'm still alive is that uh i just need more time to grow up mm. and before before i uh find myself in uh, literally in his presence 
So, well, Mike, uh, let me ask yeah. you, what has this man meant to you? Well, um, I, I think if you hear the the heart of what what Harold just uh, shared, you you get an idea of what he means to me. The, just the honesty and the the process. And and uh, Harold, I I realize you know only the good die young. So, um, <laughs> as, they say, as they say, time wounds all heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but 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 interesting. I mean, I I have another theory that we all end up being the same age because when we first met, you were like an old guy, and I was a young guy. Well, I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm yeah. sixty. I'm well, sixty. You were the one that introduced me to Arby's. Well, well yeah, <laughs> which which probably which at that time <laughs> well, was your favorite uh, cholesterol place, and, and it's actually still and, is, uh, by the way. But but the thing yeah, is see, now, it, it, you're, we're all yeah. That's great. You're why don't we have a sponsorship? Well, then? but here, well, here's my point. You're you're eighty something, and I'm sixty something. So we're we're in a in a in, in a couple yeah, more decades. Yeah. We'll be the same age. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to be here. Yeah. Interesting yeah. theory. <laughs> well, what what's on your mind today, Harold? As we talk about these about art and creativity and all that. I mean, we we look to you as well, a mentor. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about uh, this conversation and uh, some of the evolution that's been going on in my mind uh, about the whole matter of being uh, created in the image of God, the whole matter of God's um, uh, omniscient imagination, his omnipotent uh, uh, creatorhood. Uh, And I've been thinking lately more and more and more in terms of uh, the wide world of creativity, which uh, once we encounter it uh, as fully as we can, it redefines everything about what we at one time, and in a more uh, cloistered way, would call art Mm. or music or the arts. Um, And uh, on the one hand, I'm fascinated by world creativity uh, with regard to the differences uh, both linguistically and stylistically worldwide. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that because what it does on the one hand, uh, it shatters any particular institutionalized or nationalized or even uh, 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 denominationalized concept of what art is and throws it open to a, a parameter that goes from the simple to the complex in, in in thousands of ways. This sounds to me like this goes back to an experience from back when you were in Wheaton, when your world sort of radically opened up from classical music to, to jazz and to everything else. I mean, is this a continuation of that, that experience? Because it sounds like it is. It, it is, but the interesting thing about my sojourn at Wheaton uh, was is that um, I was still working within the bounds of the way the Western uh, mind treats all musics as they compare with each other within the boundaries of the way um, Western culture has uh, has been working in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. And I, I must say, I love it all to this day. I treasure it all to this day, and I suppose I would say my standards are higher than they've ever been. Wow! But um, at the same time, there's a there's a a tolerance is the wrong word because it's been negativized lately. Mm -hmm. But there's a love for what people do without the constraints and the precedents of of any civilizational or, or cultural model. So I think of people in New Guinea, what they're doing in a tribal song, uh, not necessarily wanting to make some academic comparison between that and jazz and mm-hmm. say, yeah, you know, in, 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 in a few centuries with the right example, this will morph into something else and else and else. But rather just to say, here it is, and here are these people with their own standards uh, doing what they think is best, uh, either to a false god or to the son of God, mm-hmm. uh, in in real time and with real faith. So you've come to appreciate the differences instead of just looking at it as a Westerner. 
Well, yeah, to appreciate the differences without that that impetus to compare them and put them in a a sort of a taxonomy, right? Uh, to the extent to which I, uh, yes, intellectually and cognitively, I can relate a New Guinea pentatonic tune to. Uh, a Chinese pentatonic tune, and and know that stylistically the pitches are going to work different in New Guinea than they do in China with regard to using five tones. Mm-hmm. I, I I can do that, but on the other hand, to view what's being done in New Guinea uh, inherently as if uh, New Guinea would be unable to hear of anything other than its own music being slowly transformed by the Spirit of God under the right theology. Uh, that, you know, that's enticing. That's enticing. Yeah. Wow, I'm processing. Well, come on, let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, you're you're, you're I'm causing processing. us to think here. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I haven't done this in a while. Hold on. <laughs> well, let, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question. Have you heard, um, you, you know Bela Fleck, the banjo player? Yes, I yeah. do. Oh, yes. Well, have you heard of his his project? It's called Throw Down Your Heart. He went to Africa with his banjo and a, a number of uh, tribal groups all over Africa sat down with his banjo and the, it's every kind of music. Um, oh, boy. And it's, and it's yeah, Bela uh, with his tremendous gift, but also... Uh, it, it, I don't know when you were when you were talking um, when you were talking about that openness to these different forms. I just immediately thought of what he did, and but it, but it came became collaborative. So what has to happen? Yes. What has to happen for it yeah. to become collaborative that way? This sort of understanding that you're talking about. Well, I think collaboration has to be uh, based in mutuality. In yes. other words, we're not here in Africa with our banjo to set an example, mm-hmm. uh, as much as to. Uh, uh, be uh, subject to the examples you set here in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, it's not a positive-negative or evolution-devolution mm-hmm. uh, kind of dialogue. Now, bear in mind, I'm still a Westerner, and I am crazy about Western high-cultural music. Yes, I mean, w- Western classicism had something happen to it that I think is the... Uh, the mysterious result, not the direct, but the mysterious result of a Christocentric paradigm yes. that, whether we ignore it or accept it, has always been teasing at yeah. Western civilization. Hmm. Oh, and, so, um, so, so, so is this oh, okay? Is this what Bill, Bill Lane used to say? The best way to show someone you love them is to listen to them. Is this your way exactly. of of, lo- of showing love, yeah. or this is another way of showing love? Oh, yeah, it is, because, uh, uh, well, I have to remember something my dad said to me, almost in innocence, when I was a little kid. He said, Harold, don't ever take anybody's song away from them. Hmm. And uh, dad was an amateur violinist. He was a pastor. At the time he said that to me, I was just barely able to move my fingers around on the piano. Mm -hmm. Uh, But somehow what dad said uh, stays with me, and has had to do battle with the prejudices and the snobberies with which higher education, uh, my doctorate, and a lot of other things equipped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I treasure the the content that I was taught, I have come to despise the prejudice that surrounded it as mm-hmm. if this was the sine qua non, uh, and all cultures should uh, fall down uh, in some sort of worship uh, uh, toward the toward this phenomenon of Western high high culture. I treasure it, so it's not its attitudes. So, so it's no longer my job to prove that I'm the smartest person in the room, but it's my job no. to finish the finish my sentence. <laughs> on me is to say that Imago Dei is alive and well everywhere I walk, mm. and that that uh, that to watch it at work, especially among the redeemed, and especially if the if the church would keep its tongue quiet and instead of saying now that you're redeemed, you're going to develop uh, implicitly my way, yes, and and so on and so forth. But to to look at the redeemed and say, like Jesus did when he 
did his peasant walk for 33 years uh, facing both Jewish high culture in the synagogue and the temple, for goodness sake, Mm -hmm. the treasures, the creative treasures that he faced in the temple, and then out there doing a peasant dance in Cana. Mm. Uh, That model of of amalgamation or synthesis or absorption or or union or something like that, if we think of what Jesus did in the dust and dirt and sweat, and then when he cleaned himself up and went to the temple and saw this magnificent... You know, that's the model, and we never talk about Christocentric creativity that way. If I were ever to write again, I would love to try to put some thoughts together about Jesus, uh, the universalist, uh, by walking through the cultures okay, so you, his messiahship. So you can say Jesus moves seamlessly from this big golden marble building yeah. to the wedding yeah. at Cana. Okay, yeah. I'm going to steal that idea big time. That is that I've never I've never thought anything remotely like that. I wish listeners could see you Mike's face it, light it, up that here. That idea did not come to me until uh, Carlson called me and said, "Begin to think of some things you want to talk about with Mike." <laughs> and uh, for some reason or other, I was sitting here in my recliner here in the apartment, uh, and suddenly that the thought came to me. Well, let's look at Jesus, for goodness yes, sake. Yes, yes. Not, yeah. not as a supreme teacher or the supreme artist, but somebody who, who walked the streets and heard the reverberation in the temple, if there were echoic things there, I don't know. But he heard it all. Yes. And there was not one comment from him that would say, this is better than that. Mm. But somehow he's able to celebrate everything while redeeming the whole bit I mean, the temple had to be riven, the, tent, the curtain had to be riven when he gave himself in death to his God. Yes, that, but, but something better comes about, and eventually it's going to be the city of God, wow. the new Jerusalem, you know, where the environment is all God. And, and, and all of those little echoes that we've seen in, you know, in New Guinea and in New Orleans jazz and in Bach yeah. and all those things, those things are going to come together yeah. in a unified way. Wow. And they are all, compared to the glory of God, nothing but a lisp. Wow. And it's pretty hard to say that one lisp is better than another lisp. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Okay. I hate to be the one to have to call time, but I got to. Uh, Dr. Harold well, Best. You're, well, oh. you're a union man. Yeah. <laughs> my, the, my brain is my brain is full. No, my yeah, brain is yeah, full. Yeah, I have yeah. to stop. I could do you, this. You don't know how this refreshes me. Thank you. You yeah. never fail to make us think, Harold. Okay, bye. And it was refreshing to talk to Harold Best here today. You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash michaelcardmusic. Email in the studio at michaelcard.com. And, of course, the website, michaelcard.com. Now, coming up, we're going to hear Michael teach from John chapter 18, That's still ahead in the studio with Michael Card. Michael, I want to encourage our listeners to stay with us for the end of our program. You'll sum up what we've learned together here in the studio today. So that's coming up at the end, but we're going to hear uh, your teaching from John 18 in a moment. Yeah, these are the details that lead up to the crucifixion, which uh, I think it's really important to get these things straight, especially since John is is purposely filling in for us uh, information that's not in Matthew, Mark, okay. and Luke. This is the younger version of you and I, because this was recorded probably 10 years ago. Yeah, right? I think our voices are higher. <laughs> but it never made it to the program until now. Yeah. So good things come to those who wait. Well, and timing is of the Lord. Yeah. And you begin by singing Scandalon. Now, Scandalon is one of those overarching theme songs uh, that everyone who comes to Jesus stumbles. Some people stumble uh, and, and are broken redemptively because you have to be broken to come to him. Michael Card in the studio. One, two, three, four. The seers and the prophets had foretold it long ago. One would make men stumble But they were looking for a king To conquer and to kill Who'd have ever thought he'd be So meek and humble He will be the truth That will offend them one and all A stone that makes men stumble And a rock that makes them fall And many will be broken 
path of life, their life's a stubborn scandal on. And all who come this way must be offended. Some he is a barrier to others, he's the way. For all should know the scandal of believing. He will be the truth that will offend them one and all. A stone that makes men stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And many will be broken so that he can make them whole. And many will be crushed and lose their own soul. It seems today the scandal on offends no one at all. For the image we present can be stepped over. Could it be that we're like the others long ago? But we ever learn that all who come must stumble. One and all A stone that makes men stumble And a rock that makes them fall And many will be broken So that he can make them whole And many will be crushed And lose their own soul Alright, well, let's dig in here Chapter 18, the book of John Join us now for a few minutes as we Go verse by verse here. Yeah, and if you have a Bible, yeah, please open it up. Um, at, at chapter eighteen is is to me it's like it's like when you get on top of a slide and you just the 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 the, the action in the Gospel of John just rushes mm-hmm. to completion mm-hmm. after you get in uh, chapter eighteen. It's a fairly long chapter. I mean, God, John is known for having long uh, yeah. chapters. But the whole book of John has been leading up to this now. It, it, it really has. And Jesus uh, finally got the sign when the Greeks came to him, these uh, uh, Gentile would-be believers. They come to Philip and say, sir, we would see Jesus. And Jesus says, now the hour has, come. The hour has come. Yeah. And so in, in, in chapter 18, we have the arrest. And the fascinating thing, Wayne, is when you look at uh, at this story, you have to keep reminding yourself this is filled with eyewitness detail, and it is it's meticulous eyewitness detail. Uh, we we know that uh, from chapter seventeen we have this lengthy prayer time uh, that only John gives us. If it wasn't for John, we wouldn't have that high what we refer to as the high priestly prayer. But as Jesus is finishing uh, his his uh, prayer time up, uh, here comes this uh, group. Of soldiers and 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 chief priests, and John uses the term a detachment, and it's a technical word, speria. He uses which uh, can uh, can be translated cohort, which is from two to six hundred people. Wow! Now that's uh, usually when you have the the images of the the arrest of Jesus, you think you know five, ten, fifteen guys, right, you know. Right. But John uh, pictures a a, a big. Uh, uh, not a mob. It's it's a cohort of, of soldiers, and they have torches and lanterns. Yeah, I was just looking at that. You layer onto that what they're carrying. It's pretty right. intimidating to think about that right. scene. And and that that this huge armed uh, crowd that's coming up to arrest Jesus, it it tells you they are expecting a fight, hmm. right? And everything that you would expect to happen uh, does happen. Um, um, they they uh, they they infiltrate the garden, um, and and Jesus. Oddly enough, goes to them. He steps and, right up. Yeah, and says, "Who do you want?" See, Jesus isn't hiding. They've got torches and lanterns. Remember, I mean, put on your thinking cap. It's Passover, which means it's a full moon. Uh huh. But they're expecting to search under the bushes and you know find <laughs> this person cowering, and mm-hmm. they don't. Jesus walks right up to them, and then one of the most fascinating things I think happens. They say, "Who do you want?" And and the, they reply, "Jesus of Nazareth." And Jesus says, "I am." Now, my NIV says, I am he. I was going to ask you, I'm seeing three words there. Yeah, but uh, originally in the Greek, it's ego emi, I am. And what you and I both know is that is a manifestation of the divine name uh-huh, uh-huh. of God. And, and, and this, is, this is what's so fascinating to me. There's a little parenthetical statement. And when, they, when Jesus said to them, I am, listen to the, the detail of the sentence, they drew back. Yeah. And fell to the ground. Right. What? What's, what's well, going on? This, this is really worth picking apart. There, there are two groups of people. There are Roman soldiers and there are Jewish high priests. Mm-hmm. Okay? Two things happen. They draw back. That's, that's a, a mil- so, that's soldier. 
That's a military term, right? Yeah. Why? Because they're expecting an ambush. So in military fashion, okay. the ro- the Roman soldiers draw back. Because my enemy's right in front of me, I've so he must my, have something up his sleeve. Right. This It's an ambush. He's he just sprung the trap. I've got my sword. I've got my torch. You know, and I'm expecting a fight. I know this guy has disciples. I don't know how many, right? So Jesus himself walks up. He says, okay, I'm the guy you're looking for. The Roman soldiers in military fashion draw back, and the Jewish high priests, upon hearing the manifestation of the divine name, they're shocked. They fall down. Because that's what you you do when you hear the divine name of God. You prepare, uh-huh. you know, for your own death because the person who says the divine name is is going to die. I mean, is that not fascinating? Hmm. That kind of detail. It certainly is. Um, it, it goes on down. Um, he, Jesus says, you know, uh, if you're looking for me, then let these men go. And then this is th- listen, listen how important this is. Verse nine. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you have given me. Well, he just spoke those words in chapter six. This is the very first time that we have an example of the words of Jesus being fulfilled. Hmm. So he 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 decides, you know, he's going to protect his men, and 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 so. And and apparently they they agree with Jesus, you know, demand, and they only arrest Jesus. They bind him and they take him away. Then Peter leaps into action. Oh, I love this part of it. Uh, it Simon uh, is is the the sole person who jumps into the middle. And it's one thing when you think it's ten or fifteen people, <laughs> but if it's two to six hundred armed Roman soldiers, yeah, you might want to think twice. <laughs> yeah, but who 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 never thinks twice, right? And now what you got to remember is in Luke twenty two thirty five, Jesus had told his disciples, look. If you don't have a sword, you better sell your coat and buy one. So just a few moments before this, mm-hmm. in Luke's gospel, Jesus had just told them to buy swords. Hmm. And so when, so when he prepped them for action. Right. Peter, all through this last night, Peter does what he thinks is the right thing to do, and he gets rebuked for it every single time. You know, Jesus is washing his feet, and Peter says, no, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. And Jesus rebukes him. You know, and now here, Peter is the only one who has the courage to to jump into this fight. And you know, he knows he's going to lose, lose his life because what has he already said? I'll follow you to yeah, death. I'll right. die for you, mm-hmm. right? And so Peter jumps in proving that he's willing to do it because Jesus had just told him to buy a sword. He jumps into the crowd and he brandishes that sword and, and Jesus rebukes him. He's not he's not supposed to be uh, be acting that way. And he cuts off the ear of Malchus. He cuts off Malchus' ear. Malchus is probably one of those on the ground. Yeah, maybe and, on his knees. You think? And or? Malchus is a slave. And oh. and 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 let's talk about even that. That's eyewitness detail. How does John know Malchus's name? <laughs> right? John knows intimate details. He knows. John knows the girl who keeps the gate at Caiaphas's. Remember, John mm-hmm. goes and speaks to her, right. and he gets him and Peter into the gate. John has intimate knowledge of, he knows that Malchus, later on he'll say, a relative of the man that Peter cut comes and asks Jesus, or Peter the third time, "Why you know, are you him, right? When mm-hmm. Peter denies Jesus the third time. John has intimate, detailed, eyewitness knowledge of all these people. Why is that? Because his father Zebedee had a fish market in Jerusalem. Okay, uh, excavation. They've they have excavated Zebedee's fish market. So John is a boy. He's grown up in Jerusalem. He's sold fish to everybody to the girl at, at who's who's the gatekeeper at the high priest. He knows her. He knows her name. She knows him, and she gets him in. So it's it's a fa- fascinating details and uh, and again when you see these minute details you got to stop and say now how did he how did he know that all right Jesus uh, told them to you know sell and get a get a sword sell your and coat. then Peter springs into action uses his sword and then Jesus commands him and put, says put your sword away. Uh, shall I not drink the cup that my Father has given me? Jesus has just come from this excruciating prayer time, excruciating, where he has sweat drops of blood because so intense has this emotional engagement with the Father been. Because Jesus goes to the garden basically saying, look, I know what you want me to do, and I don't want to do it. That's why Gethsemane is such a triumph when Jesus says, not what I want, Mm -hmm. but what what you want. Right. And um, and so he's just come from that time and he says, shall I not drink this cup? I mean, I've just wrestled with the Father in prayer and and I've submitted to drinking this cup. And, and that's the cup of God's wrath that he's going to experience on the cross. So Jesus is arrested. Jesus is arrested. And then the rest of the chapter uh, is this 
seemingly complex series of trials, but it's not really as complex as as, uh, as you think. There's a Jewish series of trials, and there's a Roman series of trials, and each one has three parts. So it's not really that complicated. Okay, well, first he's the, the the Jew sees him. He's taken to the house of Annas. Only John tells us that. Uh, there he is investigated. Annas is the, is one of the most, if not the most, powerful man in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Then he's taken uh, to a, a secret night meeting of the Sanhedrin, which is illegal because the Sanhedrin is not supposed to meet at night. Night court, huh? Night, yeah. <laughs> well, no, night court is legal. This is not legal, okay? So they have an, an illegal night meeting of the Sanhedrin where they basically trump up the charges they're going to charge him with. But then finally, they have a, a legitimate morning meeting of the Sanhedrin where they, they, they uh, pronounce these charges. So the Jewish, Jewish trial, three parts. He's held at the house of Annas and, and initially you know, uh, uh, investigated a fall Sanhedrin night meeting and then a, a, a kangaroo court hmm. a Sanhedrin morning meeting. And then the Roman trials have three parts too. Very simple. First, he's taken to Pilate. Then he's taken to Herod. And then he's taken back to Pilate. Very, you know, very uh, simple Jewish Jewish trials and then Roman trials, but really none of them uh, were trials. It was all, uh, you all know, a lie. Up, all trumped yeah, up. it was all a lie. Now, and while this is going on, of course, we get the fulfillment of the word that uh, Peter's going to deny Jesus three times. Yeah, the denials of Peter, uh, well, the first one is really in verse 15. And even that, John, uh, you, you said earlier one time we were talking about this, and you said it's almost like it, it's its a movie. It's a flashback of a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really how John uh, portrays it. The first denial happens there in verse 15. And, and interesting the way it's um, introduced in verse 15, Simon Peter and another disciple. Yeah. Now, we find out later that other disciple is John. Yeah, guess who? Yeah, so the man writing this, who is now 90 years old, has eyewitness detailed. But Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest— See, there's my yep. there's my earlier yep. comment. Yep. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. So here's what you got to know: John is in the courtyard as an acknowledged follower of Jesus. When uh, Peter is not hiding out, cowering because he's afraid they might discover he's a disciple of Jesus, he's there with John. Everybody knows who they are, right? And and so they they come to a Peter in verse 17. Surely you are not another of this man's disciples. Right? Who's the other? John's John. there. See, so you're sur- surely you're another of the disciples. And Peter says, "I'm not." And eventually, Peter will say, "I don't know him." And what I'd like to—this is sort of what I'd like to insert into the discussion, Wayne. I think because of the night he's had, Peter never dreamed he would see Jesus give up. He never dreamed he would see Jesus hand himself over to the Romans, and he certainly never believed he would see Jesus die. Peter's whole life has fallen apart. This whole relationship he thought he had with Jesus is, is falling to pieces. And when he says, you know, I don't know him, it's almost the same if, if I were to see you doing something really out of character and I would say, you know, Wayne, I don't think I know Wayne. I don't understand him. Yeah, yeah. This is this is so much out, outside the norm and so much outside uh, the mold. As, as they say, the Messiah will never surrender, he'll never suffer, and he'll never submit. Mm. And in a few hours, seen it all. Peter has seen Jesus do all those things. Mm-hmm. And finally, at the end, we have uh, Jesus with Pilate. And we know a lot about Pilate from uh, the ancient sources. Uh, Pilate was a very bloodthirsty man. He was uh, good friends with a Roman, uh, an, a Roman official named uh, Sejanus. Sejanus has been executed uh, by Tiberius. Tiberius is the emperor at this point uh, because he's been lying. Sejanus was almost sta- uh, setting up a coup. Uh, Tiberius is very old and and um, um, sort of weak, weak-minded, and Sejanus has been taking, sort of taking over. He's the middleman that you have to go through Sejanus to get to Tiberius. Well, what happened was Sejanus is very anti-Jewish, and he's he was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Jews. And Tiberius found out that Sejanus had been lying to him and that he was sort of had this power play, and so he executes him. Well, guess who got Pilate? Well, where, where does that leave Pilate then? Well, guess who got Pilate his job as the governor? Sejanus. Sejanus. See, so there's this connection between Pilate and Sejanus. And what you need to know is that when, when, the, when the crowd shouts, if you don't crucify Jesus, you are no friend of Caesar. See, Pilate 
got his job through a man who's become disgraced and has been executed oh, by the emperor. So your fate will be the same as his. That's right. Yeah. So and, and at that point, interesting, all the way through the trials, Pilate has decided he's going to let Jesus go. He's going to let him go. His his wife has had dreams about Jesus, and Romans are very suspicious about dreams. And then he realizes his own neck is on the line. Absolutely, the whole. If you read it really with uh, your imagination, when this voice from the back of the crowd shouts, "If you do this, you're no friend of Caesar," Pilate immediately turns around, walks back in, and says, "Okay, he's yours." He he gives Jesus over. After John tells us he had decided he was going to let Jesus go. And so uh, we have that statement uh, at the end of this chapter about what is truth. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear sometimes people sort of wax eloquent (laughs) that Pilate, oh, here's Pilate sort of, of, uh, you know, blissfully asking, you know, what is truth. But what if you look at the text, you'll see he says, what is truth? And he turns and he walks away. He doesn't even wait for the answer from Jesus. Well, that's so very helpful to go through in a detailed way this chapter as we've done the other chapters in John. Next time, John chapter 19. The crucifixion. Thank you, Michael. song a violent grace what a truth man yeah you you know you kind of throw words at uh, at the crucifixion and what what it means or what it might mean and uh you do you come back thinking whether uh, did any of those stick did that <laughs> did that communicate it's just it's yeah. such a big idea yeah it must be a very serious time for you to sit down and write a lyric like that, though. It must really impact your own soul. Yeah, it it, it does it does interesting things to you. It, you you spend a part of yourself that sometimes I don't think you get back. Hmm. But um, but yeah. we are the richer for it. Believe me, we appreciate it so much. Well, thanks. Yeah, uh, we really do. Thanks. We've uh, we've had an interesting program. I feel here today. How do you look back on it? Well. It, this has happened uh, more than once to us already since we uh, started uh, redoing these programs. And you, th- you have what you think are these fragmented pieces. Here's a piece from nine years ago, and here's a new piece that we've done, and here's, you know— some- Here's an interview from Korea. Yeah, something from in the, yeah, something from in the middle. And, uh, I mean, obviously part of it is the genius of uh, Joe Carlson who puts these programs together. But even—I uh, th- I think even 
Uh, things things happen that even Joe didn't see yeah. coming. The Holy Spirit comes into play here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Bill Lane always <laughs> said timing is of the Lord. Yeah. And and what's interesting to me is these fragmented pieces over time still resonate around the 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 big ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the, the the central themes that William Lane left with me was uh, the best way to show someone you love them is to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Listening. And um, and so we have uh, the example of Korea. We are listening cross culturally, yes. which is what Harold was talking about he was, as well, yeah. and non non judgmentally, just you know, o- with openness uh, to another person's point of view from from another uh, part of the world. And then you turn and you listen to a passage like the passage we looked at from John, which comes to us across time. Uh, from another culture, and you're listening to the culture, and you're trying to put the pieces together, and lo and behold, through all the complexities, and it's an it's an unbelievably complex process. Uh, the Lord, the Lord does His thing, and and He speaks. It's out of our control in many ways. Isn't it, it really is, and I think on, only the Lord could make sense out of uh, frag that kind of fragmentation, that kind of language barriers, that kind of time barriers. Jesus speaks across time. He speaks across cultures. You know, you go to Africa and they get the gospel, or mm-hmm. Korea, mm-hmm. they get the gospel. And uh, and for me, that's that's what I come away with uh, from this program. And if you've been listening, and uh, you 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 struggle with, you know, God, what do I do with my life? What do you want from me? Um, I think it's really clear. God wants you to listen. He wants you to listen to His Word. He wants you to listen to uh, the words of other people. Get this, he even wants you to listen to what other people aren't saying, because sometimes the most important things we say are nonverbal. So as Bill would say, we give ourselves to this lifestyle of listening, and listening is the best way uh, that we can love. And clearly, Jesus has told us that's how we're supposed to spend our lives, loving other people. Well, that's how we feel about the program, but we're most interested in how our listeners feel about what you've heard. And fortunately, we have something like Facebook now where you can instantly let us know. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Michael Card Music and uh, interact with other listeners and us, and it'll be, it'll be fun to hear from listeners. Yeah, let us know what you're hearing. Yeah, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already at iTunes.com. We're widely available as a podcast, so you can listen easily anytime and automatically, really, when it's downloaded through the subscription. MichaelCard.com is the website, the email address in the studio at MichaelCard.com. And when you contact us, don't be afraid to tell us your story. Yes. And if you have a, a Michael Card song you'd like to hear sung on the program, you know, we, we'll try to fulfill those requests when we can as well. And, and it's just great fun to be back together and do this. Absolutely. All right. It all happens in the studio each week, and we invite you to join us by subscription at iTunes.com. I just am so grateful to have this opportunity to restart this program with yeah. you, Michael. Yeah, this has been great fun. Yeah. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to In the Studio.